0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. My name is Scott Chaloner and you join us on a cloudy day here in the capital, it must be said, as once again we bring together a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First and foremost on today's show, I'm delighted to have Richard Coleman alongside me. Richard is the owner of Green Gages, a restaurant located in Salisbury, Wiltshire. Uh, Richard, very warm welcome to yourself this afternoon and thank you ever so much for taking the time to join us
1: Hello Scott thank you for inviting me to talk on the
0: podcast It's a real pleasure welcoming you onto the airwaves with us, Richard, for sure. Um, The whole reason we're here, of course, is to discuss leadership and really bring that into focus. And normally we would dive straight into that topic. But considering the ongoing COVID-19 situation, let's start there. Um, I'm sure you'll agree it has proven to be one of the most significant challenges for leaders in all walks of life of our time. Um, But how has it affected you and your business in recent months, given that you're operating in the hospitality industry, of course?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, we obviously experienced a sort of similar situation, although markedly less uh, significant. And we had the Novichok incident in um, 2018. Um, And so we were just sort of getting back on track financially and practically um, with increased customer numbers. So I kind of feel that Although unknowingly we were sort of mentally prepared for a situation like this. Um, but obviously it hit us hard financially. Um we were lucky enough, obviously, to get the government grant of um pounds And I also applied for a bounce back loan, which was um I have to say, very quickly forthcoming, um bearing in mind the number of applicants that the banks were having at the time. Um but yeah, we've we've had to um Spend quite a significant amount of that um, that bank back loan to enable social distancing in our establishment because it's a it's a very old listed building and it's long it's narrow with lots of staircases. Um, so we've uh, we've had new furniture, um, we've had new seating um, put in, and we've had new cash register and electronic ordering system so that it um, reduces the amount of footfall within our building um going up and down the stairs. So um all the orders get directed straight to either the drinks area or the main kitchen for food prep. Um so that has, you know, been quite a significant uh, lump of the uh the the grant and the backpack loan that we received. Um but also obviously we were the first Sector of industry to be closed down um, back in March, and uh, you know we we noticed a significant downturn in trade the week prior to officially being closed down when the government announced that people should avoid going to pubs, restaurants, cafes, that sort of thing. So um, our numbers plummeted on the Monday, and then we just saw a significant downturn day after day. So we actually decided to close on the Thursday prior to the government announcement to close officially on the Saturday. Um, and, I mean, now we are starting to open up again. Um, tourism is still down. Trade is still down. Obviously, overseas it the numbers are down. And Salisbury is a tourist area. We've got the cathedral. We've got Stonehenge. We've got Winchester nearby. So we do rely quite a lot, quite heavily on tourism. Although we, as a business, are very well supported locally with many regular customers, um, but we do also look to tourist numbers and visitors to make up uh, make up the numbers. You know, and obviously at the height of summer, Salisbury is always very busy. And so, um, you know, we we took the decision not to reopen when when uh, the service industry was permitted. By the government to reopen in July, I I took the decision not to reopen and to just test the water almost and see how things transpired in other businesses, in other sector, in other sectors, but also within our own um, service industry sector. And having waited, um, because my kind of initial theory was well, I'd rather wait and see if we have this second spike to see how things kind of um, panned out over the sort of last couple of months. And unfortunately, you know, what I was afraid of has come true in that the infection rate has increased significantly and is continuing to do so. And quite rightly, the government last night had to make an announcement that, you know, businesses and service industry uh, essentially is going to be hit again you know and but um you know they have their hands are tied there i think they're doing a very good job um you know with with what they're faced this this epidemic is is worldwide nobody knew it was coming nobody was prepared for it um it's something that none of us have ever experienced in our lifetime so we've, we've you know we're kind of just sort of having to take every day um and just go along with you know each new day as it comes and see what happens
0: and do you think that there will be an adverse long term effect on the sector because of the new restrictions that the prime minister announced this week in that hospitality businesses now have to close between the hours of 10 p m and 5 a.m
1: um, i i personally i don't think that's going to make a huge difference because um with the sort of culture that we have in this country, people will still go out um and i think I think what the prime minister was focused mainly on was sort of portraying it that um it's now a legal requirement whereas before it was it was quite fluid in that businesses could almost sort of as long as they adhered to the to um most of the regulations I think that now it's become law, and the fines have been increased
0: and I've, mm-hmm.
1: I've certainly noticed
0: mm-hmm. sorry carry on no, no of course I do do continue
1: um you know i i've you know every i't i i think i haven't been going out a great deal, but to you know places that I have been they've all been very proactive in social distancing um maintaining distancing maintaining their um uh cleanliness, and also, you know, taking those just people's contact details for the track and trace. Um, mm. And obviously now that the government has implemented this new um, QR code, um, you know, so that people and businesses aren't so reliant on having to manually take people's details, they can scan themselves in on a QR uh, code. Um, I think that will be a huge benefit to businesses.
0: mm Absolutely, and um, thinking about sort of pandemic so far and just reflecting on that a little bit we are on the program trying to find some silver lining in what has been a very dark and dense cloud over all of us so just reflecting on your experience of managing this crisis so far are there any sorts of positives that you can take from this experience in that perhaps you've learned something about sort of your own skills in a leadership capacity and helping get the business through or maybe even about the resilience of the people around you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean my 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 staff have been well they always have been amazing, um, but they've been beyond supportive in you know, I discuss all all my decisions we discuss as a team and um they've been supportive of every decision I've made. Um, you know, obviously it was my decision to <clears throat> excuse me, to delay reopening, um and they were fully supportive of that. Um and We're actually having a um, staff meeting tomorrow to keep everybody up to speed and um, just, you know, how to take the business forward. Mm. Um, But also, um, we've, you know, it's been in the pipeline for many years. I wanted to refurbish the premises. um, And it's been a good opportunity that we've been encouraged to do that. Um, we, you know, As I said earlier, we've had all new furniture, we've had a new style of seating put in to maximise space and to keep the distance for customers. But it also, in the long term, it means we can uh, have a more flexible seating arrangement so that eventually when I hope, and I'm sure they will, things will return to a more uh, normal situation. Um, we can go back to the of similar numbers as you know, our capacity prior to COVID. And, um, you know, and I've also been very well supported by our customers. I've, I've been having car emails, text messages, phone calls from customers, you know, just checking on me whether I'm okay, um, which is a huge confidence boost to mm-hmm. know that I have such an amazing sort of backbone of customers who are waiting to come back when we do reopen
0: there's something incredibly important to take away from that that sense that you're looking out for people just to make sure that they are all right and indeed customers are doing that for yourself as well because um it is a challenge isn't it during a time like this keeping people motivated particularly staff to keep working and st- remain in a good headspace as well when there is so much worry and so much uncertainty out there
1: absolutely you know that's that's the sort of that's the troubling side of this pandemic is the um, sort of mental health aspect of things. Um, I for one have suffered with mental health issues all my life and um, so I know how important it is to uh, maintain that balance of um, focus and to maintain your sort of positivity and I've tried to make sure that all my staff are aware of every change in the situation and that we we talk together as a team and um, you know we're we're a very close knit work community and we're friends as much as colleagues and we all work together and we all appreciate each other and we help each other so um you know i think this kind of this whole situation has provided us an even more important situation whereby we have to look out for each other and and maintain that sort of positive outlook so you know you can become very negative in a situation like this but Mm. um, overall I think well definitely from my my point of view in my situation our business everybody being very proactive and very positive about reopening and encouraging the business to grow post COVID. Um, you know, and we've we've all been coming together, putting our heads together to think of new ways that we can expand the business or change the business, develop our our products and attract a new customer base because obviously you have to appreciate that a lot of customers, especially in our situation, a lot of our customers are retired or um sort of especially in the week. People that come out in the day are either office workers on their lunch break or they're sort of retired people. And so a lot of those retired people or elderly people are now shielding or not coming out because of the potential infection risk. So we have to now look at attracting a different customer base. Um, so we are offering discounts to the local schools to encourage the students when they walk past on their way to school or college that um, we're offering a discount so that they can hopefully um stop by on their way and buy some sort of healthy breakfast rather than going to the convenience store and buying crisps and chocolate and things. Um but um you know it's and we're we're looking at maybe adapting to more of a deli style um situation so that we can have we our premise is that we make everything fresh to order, but I think under the current climate we might need to look at having Although we will make everything on the premises still, but having things that almost like grab and go so that people don't have to stay inside the premises and wait for their food to be prepared. They can just see it, grab it, buy it, and depart. Um, Obviously, that's minimizing the amount of time they're spending in Mm -hmm.
0: contact with other people. Certainly, leaders have had to step up to the plate and lead the charge in adapting their businesses to be able to cope with the challenges of this pandemic. And they've also had to shoulder the responsibility of being the inspiring, motivating figure and reassuring figure during this time. Um, But when you're in a leadership role and you need a little bit of inspiration for yourself during a crisis such as this, where is it that you tend to look to for that inspiration?
1: well i mean i've always been in my whole life i've been in the service industry um i was um cabin crew for um British airways for fifteen years so i've always i've always looked up to people who um lead their lead their and have respect for their teams um and main main thing that I've relied on is the positivity and the backing of all my staff and all our customers. Um, you know, and I'm somebody that tends to lead by example. Um, I think um, without sounding egotistical, I'm, I'm a hard worker. I put all my effort into, into the business and I want the business to continue because I have the responsibility of employees. You know, they have their bills to pay, they have their mortgages and, and financial obligations, family support. And if our business fails, then the repercussions are inevitable that, you know, these people will be left financially um, less secure. So, um, I think, to be honest, the my main sort of confidence boost is the fact that I have such a great team behind me. And... Their continued positivity and positive outlook, the positive situation, to continue to grow the business is what motivates me to keep going.
0: And finally, just before we do wrap things up this afternoon, because I am conscious that our time on the program is running to a close, um, we are going to, over the next twelve months, have to continue to adjust to this new normal, as they call it, in the way that we live and the way that we work. But what is it that you're hoping to achieve? at Green Gauges during this period of time. And indeed, where do you see the restaurant being in twelve months' time?
1: Um, I think, you know, um it's given us the push because you can become very um very sort of stuck in a rut sometimes when um you're in a business that's very similar day to day the day to day running of the thing is very similar. Um and I think you can become sort of slightly blinkered and you don't look outside the box, you see things ticking over quite you know, quite normally and quite happily. But I think this has given us a push to um kind of expand our business focus, expand into different fields, expand to a different customer base. Um and you know, by, by doing that it will encourage the business to grow. If not in the short term, um, which you know one can only hope that that will happen, but I'm not so sure that's going to happen. But in the long term, um, I think what the the, um, the changes we've made and and the things that we've uh, through business will go a long way to securing our situation in a in a in a inundated with eateries and places for social gatherings. So um, I think what we've done has enabled us to maintain our our sort of stance in amongst all those other competitive uh, establishments
0: certainly is going to be an interesting few months ahead for the sector and I certainly wish it all of the best over the uh, the next uh, few uh, weeks and months for sure. And Richard, just given how enlightening it's been having you join us on the programme today to share your views, I think it would be wonderful to catch up at some point in this next year and have you back on the show with us just to see how things are coming along. And at that point, we can also better assess just how far we've come as a country in that time.
1: Mm -hmm. I'd be delighted. Thank you.
0: I'd certainly welcome that opportunity as well. I've really enjoyed having you join us on the programme today, Richard. It's been a real pleasure. And most importantly, until we do hopefully touch base again, please do take care and stay safe with all still going on. Thank you,
1: Scott. Thank you very much indeed.
0: I would certainly reiterate that message to all of our listeners tuning in today as well. Do please continue to look after yourselves and consider others. It does make a real, real difference in saving lives. I was speaking on the programme today to Richard Coleman, owner of Green Gages Restaurant in Salisbury. Coming up next on the programme today, I'll be handing over to Matthew O'Neill for his exclusive interview with former Education Secretary and incumbent Leaders Council Chairman, Lord Blunkett. That is coming up next.
2: Therefore, they're thinking about more productive, if you like, greater productivity ways of delivering the same service or delivering the same products. And in that sense, I think we'll have temporarily at least very much higher unemployment than we've become used to. But we'll probably have a burst of productivity, Mm -hmm. which will help with the recovery whether it will help with the inequity of the way in which our economy is imbalanced, both between services and product, productivity and the production of goods and services, I'm not sure. What we will need to try and do is to ensure that the geographic imbalance that exists is, as far as humanly possible, is dealt with by both uh, the entrepreneurship and innovation from the bottom up and targeted government help which will still be needed, and we are now in the throes of the kind of borrowing that we saw back in 2008 to save the banking and economic system. We're we're having to do that to save the whole of our productive business and Mm -hmm. commerce, and I think that will have to be sustained for some time.
3: Do you feel that people will take a second look at global supply chains in the wake of this outbreak?
2: I think there's going to be much more creative ways of using local